0: All right, man hey look in this upcoming episode we are going to be talking about adrian peterson and you know his lack of financial education we're also going to take a look at uh some teenagers who uh are sad to say this but smarter than him and in, in terms of finances and we're going to take a look at the difference in financial education in the NBA versus the NFL, man. Look, y'all sit back and enjoy it. Um make sure y'all share it. Comment on it. Hit them like buttons, man. Alright, y'all enjoy. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another sports edition of the Highly Unprofessional Podcast. Uh this week, man, yeah, this would kind of sucked but uh you know you just have weeks like that man just personally um but you know that no matter how bad my week was which it you know it wasn't awful or nothing like that it just you have ups and downs uh not in my personal life just you know and as far as business goes you have ups and downs and that's normal um, especially in the beginning, but uh, speaking of, you know, handling a business, man, let's jump right into it, man, so, man, I, I've i been watching Adrian Peterson play football since 2003, since he was a freshman at Oklahoma, 2004, whatever year it was, and, you know, Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest running backs of all time, um, hard worker, And, you know, all of of the above as far as football goes. But Adrian Peterson, man, um, is apparently like so far in debt that, you know, he he had to resort to using debt to pay off other debt. And when I was reading the story, um, you know, I was looking at some of the names of some of these places like it was like. Some of these companies was just like made up, made up like what's the name? Made up names like these are like LLC. So you know that told me that he uh he didn't lost favor with like the banks or whatever, and you know he's been sued by three different people now to pay back. Uh, one company uh is trying to get back like five five and a half million. So a couple other people who are trying to get like one or two million, I'm like, man, wow, bro, like, what are you doing? And you know the whole um, the whole thing about football, NFL players being broke three years after they retire. Well, he's been broke three years before he retired, apparently. So you know, Agent Peterson signed a big deal, and. Um, in what was it, 2011? It was like a seven year, 100 million dollar deal, six or seven year, 100 million dollar deal. Now, obviously, in the NFL, they don't have a bunch of um, and they don't have guarantees like they don't have guaranteed contracts, it's all performance and incentive based. And then, of course, you get like money up front, but um, you know, let's just you know, just go by the years that, that he played. So, um, the, you know, he had that year where he got hurt, and then he also had the year where he got cut. So, I know they, they said the year he got cut by the Vikings. Uh, the year he got cut by the Vikings, that he didn't get paid his schedule to make, like, $18 million that year. And... You know, they cut him in favor because they drafted Dalvin Cook and they cut him. So he didn't make none of that, which is trash right there. But also, you know, just reading this story is like, man, this ain't got nothing to do with, um, you know, just the, the whole stigma of uh athletes being broke, but I wanna know why are football players, you know, still stuck even even though we know that their their contracts are trash. Uh right. But why are football players still making so many bad decisions financially or they're not even financially educating themselves. I don't wanna hear shit about the damn, you know, they get take head injuries and all that. No, no. It's not it. Nope. Cause I believe that I suffer from uh, mild parts of that. Like I had a bunch of hits to the head in high school, and it was one we was in when I was in college. My first year playing in college, um, we kicked an onside kick. We had to have a ball back, and you know for whatever reason we we were playing lane in college, and uh, it's like a. 270, 280 pound defensive lineman on the front line and, you know, we kicked it to him and I'm on the outside, so I had to dive literally to, you know, because, you know, we had to get the ball back, so I had to dive to try and see if I could force him to fumble Um, and, you know, we had ran that same play um, maybe a week or two earlier and I got my hands on it I didn't have to dive it popped up like it was supposed to but man I still got smacked in the face and I was dizzy after that but when I hit the a couple weeks later when I hit the uh lineman and I dove at him man it's like my head just hit like a brick wall or something like that and you know I remember trying to get up right like my brain sent the signal to my legs to get up but my legs like man shit <laughs> i was trying i had to crawl off the field and people like yeah yeah we got the ball back i like look at- bro i crawled off the field somebody come check on me like it took me a- it took me a good 20 seconds for my legs to for my legs to finally respond and get up like it wasn't like i was like oh man that hurt let me just sit here for a second. No, like I literally tried to get up and walk off the field or jog off the field, but my brain said, Okay, get up and my legs was like, Nah, I'ma crawl. <laughs> so, yeah, look the the point of that the point of me saying that is, yeah, I might not have like a severe case or had a bunch of like severe concussions, but if you, if you don't make the effort to become financially, literate financially literate, I just butchered the word, um, then, you know, don't blame it on CTE or nothing like that. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And that'll probably be something that some of these guys try and go to, like, I made bad decisions financially because I was taking headshots. Well, what about, you know, when you were younger, right? You were not complaining about them then. When you was younger and you was getting it and you had signed a big contract or whatever, you wasn't complaining about it then. So, you know, um, with in Adrian Peterson's case, it's like to see how much, you know, money he got, right? He was getting paid after he signed the $100 million deal. He was getting paid maybe like... um was like 12 million a year. So, you know, you take the agent fee and Uncle Sam come get they cut or whatever, you know, five and a half six million $6 million was going into your bank account, right? And Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson went to the University of Oklahoma. University of Oklahoma has a ton, a ton of um, people who have started, you know, energy companies oil companies you know whatever and they all throughout the midwest and texas and i'm sure there was a lot of people you went to school with or you know you played with at oklahoma or you know who are just general fans or whatever and you had all of those opportunities to meet people now you know as a young man i get it you're not you know, you probably not thinking about that. You just thinking about you love the game and you know all these you know people are, are loving you and all that. So hey, look, I give you a pass as a young a young man, especially a young man who probably has never heard of you know any of these you know being financially literally literate. Why can't I say that word? Um. So you know, up until let's say twenty five. I give you a pass, but at some point in time, man, you have to say, I need to learn about my money. How do I use my money to make some more money? Right? Like, let me use this, uh, alumni network that we have. And, you know, a hundred thousand dollar investment is a huge investment. One that can pay off a lot. And if you're pocketing, you know, five, Six million, four million $4 million, then trust me, it's not like, it's, it's not going to kill you to invest a hundred thousand dollars here, or, you know, to, to put, um, some of your money into, uh, uh interest, uh, interest bearing account, right? Like, um, I know in some cases, you know, you have to put a significant amount of money to see, a decent return on it but uh, you know this thing just screamed to me that you know agent Peterson was just spending money on bullshit and you know obviously he paid child support or whatever he don't have a ton of kids like he don't have a Antonio Cromartie amount of kids but still like you know obviously I know that's it but you know, like, where was your lifestyle It Like, did you, did he sign the 11 or 12 million a year contract thinking that he was going to get that much money in the bank and, you know, taxes wasn't going to take in and out. So he was really getting like five or six, but he was spending, you know, eleven, twelve 12 a year. Right, and I always you know, you, I, I've never made a million dollars, so, you know, it, you know, it's a little bit out of my realm, but also, I'm not like a big flashy, spendy person. Um, my favorite football player of all time is Chad Johnson, and when Chad hit a certain age, you know, he said, uh, you know, I, I felt that it was time to, um, it was time to uh, you know, move on and grow up, so he started driving a smart car like an electrical car, and you know the all the stuff that he had bought he stopped buying those type of things like you know a, a, and if you follow him on social media, you'll see you know he'll go shop in you know he don't have to buy like uh Louis Vuitton and all them type of stuff no he'll go buy his adidas stuff he'll go to uh some of these stores, some of these smaller stores, and, you know, find an outfit. He's notorious for wearing one outfit two or three times a week when he get it new, but, you know, he made the effort to become financially literate, right? So you can't tell me that Adrian Peterson didn't have that same opportunity. He just didn't want to, right? He wanted to play football and spend all his money, like, I I can't fathom making you know five million a year or whatever in the bank, getting that in the bank, and then spending five or six million every year. Like I I just I can't do it. Like again, I've never made that much, so you know maybe. But yeah, I mean, if if you come from where people you know ain't even making a hundred thousand, then I'm more than sure that if you going to splurge and ball out, I'm sure that spending a million a year like that's, you know, a little less than a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like to me, that's, that's more than enough to enjoy yourself. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know who was, um, they said he was getting bad advice and all that type of stuff. And, you know, it, it reminded me of the story of, um, Kevin Garnett, um, Kevin Garnett uh, getting robbed for like $160 million from uh, his agent and who was it like his financial advisor or whatever. And, you know, I was like, wow. And, you know, I heard um, Master P say, you know, he he remembers all the time trying to you know reach out to guys and say hey man you know let's invest in this or you know let's put this little movie together I'm about to you know put an album or whatever we about to put an album out hey man y'all y'all want to invest in that um I'm about to put a, a little independent movie together y'all want to invest in it and I can't remember who he said it was one of the NBA players who lived down the street from him for years and after like the first two few times of them meeting, you know, every time he tried to reach out to him or talk to him, they, you know, they played him off, right? And he said, okay, well, whatever then, dude, right? He may have been, I don't think he was talking about Kevin Garnett, but, you know, he was talking about this situation um, and how some of these guys are just, do whatever like they want to they want to have fun 24 7 right they go to practice or whatever and you you know you play sports when you play sports and you're a professional athlete okay so you have um you have what uh two hours worth of practice where if you play football let's say you have you know two to three hours worth of practice um in the nba i know they travel so much and all this so you know practice isn't as long and um this ain't no diss against anybody who played basketball but you know you don't have to watch as much film that don't mean you don't watch film or nothing like that but there's more intricacies there's more that goes into uh putting together a game plan for um for football than there is basketball so you know literally as a basketball player you spend maybe four five hours a day on basketball stuff right and then you have another 20 19 hours to you know enjoy life to rest enjoy life and do all that type of stuff as a football player yeah you have um. You know, you have a little bit longer of a week, a little bit longer of a day, but your season's also shorter as a football player. So you have uh, like six months out of the year where you don't have to do nothing but get up and work out in the off season. So to me, it's like, you know, these guys are, you know, spending time just, you know, doing nothing. Whereas a guy like uh LeBron James, who always gets bashed on for doing stuff like that 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 involved that revolves around business. Right? And, and, oh he's that's all he does is uh worry about his stuff all his life off the court. No, it's not. No, it's not. You and and these major networks could easily show that because you always see LeBron on Instagram posting stories of him being up at four, five o'clock, getting his basketball workout in long before he gets his day started, right? Like he's committed to, he always says, keep the main thing, the main thing, which is basketball. So basketball gets his attention first before anything else, right? But then after that, I don't want to be like Adrian Peterson. I shouldn't, I've made millions of dollars. Why should I have to ever owe anybody anything right you haven't you you been through that situation going through that situation just points out laziness at that point in time like you know you rather be chasing a bunch of women around uh using your money to try and impress them because a lot of guys what a lot of people don't know is a lot of uh athletes are very um they have low self-esteem right and i don't care how good they look i don't care how hard they can hit or whatever once they get off their field or once they get off their court they have low self-esteem right they are awkward around women so uh but the the one thing you have to offer is hey i got money right i got money and i'm on you know i'm on tv every sunday uh and and a lot of women take advantage of that they'll go uh, move to these cities. They'd be really attractive and all that type of stuff. And with the hopes of one of these guys who got a nice-sized contract will come get them pregnant. So, shoot, they good. They paid for, you know, 18 years, 20 years. Right? They don't have to do nothing. And, you know, a lot of women could get offended by that, but that's the truth. There's a lot of girls who go to bigger schools because they they they're trying to catch one of the athletes like i, I mean it's just, it's just the truth there's a lot of girls who go to bigger schools that they probably can't really afford but you know they're that they're, they're gambling right they're gambling i'm i'm gonna try and you know catch this guy This the new a uh, big-time recruit playing basketball for for Duke or, you know, whoever, North Carolina, Kansas, whatever, right? Or, you know, I know Alabama always signs guys who go play in the NFL, so I'm going to go there, right? And I'm not saying that's all women, obviously. Now, it's a small percentage, but there are all women like that. And to me, it's like you know, I believe that Adrian Peterson that fell victim to every every trick in the book, man. Every trick in the book that somebody could have could have pulled on him, he fell victim to it. I'm sure he probably did invest his money in something, right? But it's not something that he looked up. It's not something that he himself says, hmm, let me educate myself on this on this business. Like what's their what's their uh what is their vision, right? What's their process for whatever product or service they're providing, right? And then base his decision to invest off of that. I'm sure he was probably, you know, somebody like, oh, man, I got a friend who's going to do this. And if you invest, you know, $50,000, $150,000, then they'll, re- they'll guarantee you, you know, five times your money back. And you like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, take it out. Take it out of my account, right? It's a lot of guys who who do that and then blame the people later on. No, you idiot! You you the one who didn't take no time to do no research. You don't even know if this was a, a legit business or not. You just gave somebody access to your money to spend uh, any kind of way they wanted to right? And sometimes you hear stories about people letting their parents or somebody in their family who's never done this before, um, take over their finances and the family starts having power over the account or access to the account. And years later, they found out, you know, their own parents or their own siblings or whatever, then robbed them of millions of dollars. Right. Um, you know, I, I always say I stand Hoover and, a young man who uh, grew up here, and went and played um, football at Alabama, and he got drafted in the first round uh, by the name of Marlon Humphrey. Um, you know, he's always here. He's always doing stuff in the community. Um, you know, he comes back and helps his mom coach track. Uh, he volunteers and coaches track in the off season at the high school at Hoover High and, you know, he stays really involved and it's cool. Um, But his dad, who played in the NFL, uh, when he got out, when he retired, uh, became a financial advisor. So he had, you know, years of experience long before his son um, got to the NFL of handling money. And he was just here a couple weeks ago and he did an interview on a radio show Uh, in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, he talked about his dad, you know, being his financial advisor and uh, giving him advice. I think he said he had spent like, I don't know, like uh, it wasn't even a big amount of money. He spent like $3,000, $4,000 on something. And his dad was like, Hey man, what you, what you doing? What you spending all that money for? and you know it's stuff like that like you know people trying to educate you like you're gonna have a long life to live you know hopefully nothing will happen to you but you're gonna have a long life to live way longer than your football career was and you know you you want to do stuff with your money that allows you to enjoy your life after the fact right after your career is over Right. Because, you know, let's just be honest, you know, Adrian Peterson didn't start a business with his money or nothing like that, right? Like, you know, he lives in Texas. He, he lives in Texas. He's from Texas. So there's a plethora of things I could think of that he could have done with his money, you know, a couple of years ago. And even if he had to retire and take on a somewhat active role in those businesses, he, he wouldn't have had to really want for nothing, right? So, you know, it, it just was so confusing to me, like how somebody could be that deep in debt before they're even done playing. And for this story to come out, that may, I'm sure that people knew long but years before this story even came out because it came out earlier this week. And I'm sure that there were, you know, people who, work for the teams or getting like letters from you know people saying you have an employee who owes us you know x amount of dollars or whatever and you know his his checks were getting garnished or whatever the case may be i'm more than i'm more than possible uh positive that something like that happened right and then what made this story even worse was um As a young man, he's supposed to be going into his senior year, but he reclassified a young man by the name of R.J. Hampton. And, you know, a lot of this has been a big thing. And the NCAA, who I always say, and a lot of athletes always say is, you know, you hear stuff like Ponzi scheme or, you know, I just call them, you know, outright crooks. Like, I don't even see the point of needing the NCAA when you already have conferences who govern, their own, you know, govern their own schools and have their own set of rules. But, you know, I did an episode about that already. You can go back and listen to it. But, you know, anyway, um, every year more and more kids are saying, no, nah, I'm, I'm cool. I don't need to go to college, right? I can educate myself. And these kids are becoming younger and younger um, and becoming more business minded um and these you know obviously a lot of these coaches are hating it because they're not getting the players right which lets me know that most of these guys could care less about these kids um future or they could care less about them after they leave their school right and i i pay attention to who don't complain because john calipari was a lot of these same coaches a lot of these same coaches i remember vividly were complaining about John Calipari getting all of these top high school players. And then, um, every year he would, you know, a, a couple of them would leave and go to the NBA and then he'd come back the next year and get all the other top players. How are you complaining about somebody who is doing the exact same job as you they're doing the exact same thing you're doing. You're recruiting the top recruits. So I'm not supposed to recruit them. Right. So your team can be good and my team be trans. Like I'm supposed to not recruit good because that's not what you wanted to do. Right. And then a lot of teams say, well, you know what? Well, I'm going to have to do it, too. Well, I mean, or you would have lost your job, right? Because he's not going to stop doing what he's what he's doing just to make you feel good just so you can win. That's not how it works. That's not how business works. That's not how life works. Right, you're in a competition. As long as money exists, you're in a competition with somebody else to survive, right, or to stay in your position. You're in a constant competition. So, you know the the young man R.J. Hampton uh, reclassified to this year, and so he only spent three years in high school, and he was going to pick a college. I can't remember who was like his top choices or whatever, but he was going to pick a college and you know, all of that was going to be great and schools were excited. And then he said, nah, you know what? There's this thing called the internet and the internet has this thing called Google and I can Google you know, what are the benefits? What are the pros and cons of going pro now in another country versus going to Uh, college and he was like oh you know nothing like college doesn't benefit me none even though you heard um all these people say that you know zion williamson he benefited his brand benefited from um going to play at duke and all that that's probably true that's probably true right because we got to see him uh, you know literally every day but that still doesn't change the fact that you know, Duke and the NCAA pilot, oh Zion Williamson at the bare minimum, $5 million at the bare minimum. I would say it's more than that because college basketball is absolutely dead. It was absolutely dead before him. Zion Williamson is the biggest star in college since Carmelo Anthony. For those of y'all who don't know, Carmelo Anthony played at Syracuse in 2002 right? There's a lot of guys who came since him, but there was no bigger. There's been no big star power, right? And, and that includes all the guys who John Calipari and bought through. There's been no big star power like what Zion had. Um, then when when Carmelo Anthony was at Syracuse, so that's, you know, what like a 17, 18 year gap right there. So, you know you're talking about something from from when Zion was uh, uh, wasn't even born his mom was probably pregnant with him or he was probably just born um maybe no more than a year old when Carmelo Anthony was the big star in college right and then before then you have to go way back to um who was a big star before then right you have to go back Another 15 years, right? So, uh, yeah, this the NCAA is mad because all of these kids are educating themselves financially and on the business side, and RJ Hampton decided to go to Australia, right? And I'm not sure the terms of his contract in Australia, but I'm sure, you know, he probably going to get paid something around like a million, 1.5 million to play for the team in Australia, and... Um, also he's going to, he just signed a deal with, uh, um, a Chinese shoe company. I believe it's called Li Ning. Um, don't quote me. I'm probably butchering the name, but, uh, he signed like a five-year deal with them and he's going to get paid a couple million dollars off of that. So again, like if there's kids coming up behind this are like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that like I, yeah, it's done you might well stop recruiting me i'm going to do that right and you know people were giving um uh lamello ball right a, a hard time because he was obviously you know people don't like his dad or whatever which i always say as far as fatherhood go i would you know i love if i had a dad like that who had a vision I would love to be a dad like that who had a vision and recognized the talent that his kids had. And he's like, let me build them a brand. They have their own, you know, shoe company or apparel company, right, that they can uh, build. I'm going to build it for them and they can take it to the next level later on down the line, right? Let me do this for them now so that 20, 30 years from now we're not hearing about them in the same situation as you know guys like Adrian Peterson like right? guys like Kevin Garnett right they're learning about stuff in their teens they're learning about stuff in their teens and you know they made up rules to um say that you know he was ineligible like he he forfeited his amateurism because you know he decided to go play overseas Did y'all know that in Europe, in Europe, right? The you know they don't really have like a high school system. So guys like Ricky Rubio, Luka Doncic, they were playing professionally, getting paid for it when they were 17 years old. Like Ricky Rubio was a starting point guard for Spain's uh team, Olympic team, as a 17 year old. Right, and Spain. At back then was really, really good. Like, they gave the U.S. the run for their money. They beat the U.S. in the Olympics, and I believe it was 2004, and they played them close, super close, and uh, was it 2008 and 2012, right, because Spain had a lot of NBA players. But, you know, essentially, he went to another country. His dad took him to another country because you know, what is the benefit of playing over here, right? If before he left to do internet, you know, his dad named, you know, their first couple of shoes after his kids. Now I'm going to say, obviously there's a race that plays part in it because there's a ton of kids whose parents are, um, you know, billionaires and their parents You know, give them everything. Like these kids, you know, have driving Lamborghinis, Ferraris, all type of stuff. Like, trust me, you have social media. You can see a whole lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, there was, um, I just watched a video. If everybody knows about IMG Academy, um, uh, they did, um, there's a couple uh, high school sports pages On YouTube who follows them and like when I mean follow them like I mean they're they go to IMG and record like a lot of their practices a lot of their games and you know they do like day in the life with a bunch of the with a bunch of the athletes and you know you can go watch these videos on YouTube so uh they did like a day in the life with like um one of the football players and you know they follow them all the all around from practice to you know what they do at school and working out and when they were at eating lunch they um one of their friends on campus is from japan and his dad is like a billionaire like a tech billionaire something like that and you know they said man tell him what kind of car you got they said you know i got a bugatti and a ferrari and all that and then he had a like super expensive uh, shoes and stuff and you know this is a kid who you know is probably 15 or 16 years old and you wouldn't say that he was doing anything illegal right but you know because you have such a bad taste for um a bad taste for lamello ball's dad i'm blanking on, on his name lavar ball you have such a bad taste for him like not only is he you know, a successful businessman because that business is successful. Trust me, you can look it up. But again, if you only follow what uh, what the, these sports shows want you to see, then you'll never know, right? But they like have pop up shops and the line be around the building. So, uh, you know, not only is he a successful man, but he's a loud mouth black man who's successful. And you know, sometimes he says stuff that's. You'd be like, ah, he probably shouldn't have said that. But at the end of the day, he's a great dad, right? He's a good businessman. And, um, you know, high school basketball tried to punish his son for having a shoe named after him. A company which, you know, it's, it's not illegal to work at McDonald's. And nobody cares about that And uh, when you're in high school. You can work at McDonald's or Burger King, you can do all that. Nobody cares but if you start a company apparently then you know that's against the rules right you're forfeiting your amateurism when you start a company that's successful so you know it's it's amazing to see how many you know young kids are becoming financially literate like teenagers and all that who play basketball right they're putting together a culture and you know um, I, they did a big story about a year ago about how basketball players use LinkedIn to you know build like this um, business club or whatever right where they get a chance to go meet all of these people from around the world who have ideas and you know they invest in them right and you know I know Shaq who oh, is one of the most successful businessmen to have ever played in the NBA. Uh, I think he had, you know, I think they said he had like 120, you know, fast food franchises. And, you know, he has, um, what else? He obviously has to deal with Walmart uh, with the shoes and uh, clothes or whatever. And, you know, he owns like um, a couple other other business ventures that all, you know, pay him. A ton of money. So, uh, I know, uh, he invested in ring, which is like a, a, doorbell that you could use on with your iPhone. And, you know, he got a big return off of it. So what gets me is why is in the NBA, uh, why are they becoming smarter financially? And, you know, more than that, why are they Uh, mentoring their young men, but in the NFL it seems like there's no mentorship uh, as far as what to do with your money. I know they had like a little um, like a rookie symposium and all that type of stuff. And, you know, they had what they used to have, Herm Edwards, before he started coaching again, used to have him come and talk and say, you know, this is what you should do with your money and you don't want to spend it all on this and that. But that's like a one or two two-day event right that you need more than that right you need an actual mentor that you can follow around and watch them conduct business and hear them take phone calls and you know get to you need to learn their mindset which is why i don't get why players in the nfl aren't taking on more of these um agents who are blowing up in the nba like like rich paul And they have access to, you know, um, uh, what's LeBron's um, business guy name, Uh, Maverick Carter, right? So you can not only have the benefit of working with Rich Paul, but you'll have a chance to shake foots and rub elbows with a guy like Maverick Carter, who has become uberly successful. And not only being a businessman for himself, but being a good businessman for his client. And number one, let's get this straight. LeBron isn't their only client, right? Like they just LeBron was the first. LeBron was the guy who they you know learned everything with like if you if you're gonna learn a business when you want to have you know the biggest and the best as your first as your first client, Right. So you that way that by the time you take on other people, there's nothing you haven't seen. Like there's not they, there's nothing anybody else can do to top what LeBron has done. Like there's nothing, there's nothing no athlete coming after LeBron that they take on as a client can do that will surprise them. So, I mean, I don't care what you think about him as a player or whatever. There's nothing you can do in the business world. That they, that they haven't seen, right? And a lot of guys are taking taking notice of that, right? And, and people say BS arguments like, uh, oh, no, they're just taking them on so that LeBron can get those guys on this team. They're actually not because a majority, like 90% of the clients that they have don't play, have never played uh, on a team with LeBron. So, you know, kill that argument right like it's not something they use to uh recruit players to come play with him like they when they were they, they were the only people who you know folks complained about when zion was coming out and rj Barrett was coming out and they went to go see them like this this the job like you know what i'm saying that, that's the job but I, I run a sports agency i need sports clients i need athletes as clients so why not go after the next big thing right and somebody and people made it as if it was illegal and for whatever reason you know espn decided not to show uh the dozens and dozens of other sports agents who was there but if you went to social media right which of course they you know use their powers to try and block that as much as they can then you know there are people circling Folks, there was all in the client. You know, this is this guy from this company, and this is this guy from this company, and they were all at the same game. But for whatever reason, you decided to say that LeBron was doing something illegal, right? But if I'm Zion, I would love nothing more than to have LeBron as a mentor, even, even though he didn't sign with LeBron sports agency. I believe that LeBron said, you know, He'll do whatever he can anytime if he ever reaches out or wants advice from anything, then he'll be more than happy to, you know, talk to him and mentor him, which is the complete opposite, by the way, of what Michael Jordan did for LeBron. I'm just throwing it out there. But uh Yeah, man. I don't know, man. It's it was kind of dis it was very disturbing to see that, you know, Adrian Peterson is this far in debt. And he's not even retired playing. He's not even retired from playing. And uh, a 17 year old kid is already making better business decisions than a guy who's in his thirties. Right headed for his mid thirties. That was that was very disturbing to see. And you know, it's nobody else's fault. But Adrian Peterson's like, let's just be real. It ain't it, it ain't the people who who he claimed robbed him or took advantage of him because people who get taken advantage of in, in the business world are, you know, people who refuse to educate themselves, right? Like, you could get over on somebody early on in the process because they don't know yet, but if you take the time to know, then you won't be got over for long. But he hasn't taken the time to um to to learn and you know now let's put out this story so people can feel sorry for me and you know hopefully we can uh you know find some way to make this all go away and i don't have to deal with it but no now everybody's gonna know that you blew it like you you blew it yeah you will be in the hall of fame but you'll be up on the stage and you'll have to take off from work to go do your Hall of Fame induction. that's that's just the truth. He'll have to take off <laughs> he'll have to take off from his job to go put in to you know, he'll have to go put in some time to go do his Hall of Fame speech one day. right? That's what it's looking like. I would love if that's not the case, but if you are tens of millions of dollars in debt before you' even done playing, well, you don't have money waiting on you. You don't have any money waiting on you. So, essentially, the last day that you get cut, unless you got a little piggy bank or something that we don't know about, then you're going to have to go put in a job application somewhere. I don't even know, did he, did he graduate from Oklahoma? Right? And that, that sucks to say, I, I ain't talking, you know, shit about Adrian Peterson or nothing. I'm just telling you the truth. He is going to have to go put in, uh, application somewhere unless he decides to get into coaching, right? Which is still, you know, he's going to have to put in an application for that because nobody's going to hire you right off the street to become a coach, right? You get, there's a process, you know, maybe a year or so after you learn, you know, everything that's involved with being a coach. But, you know, you don't have to be a position coach, right? So at that point again <laughs> the, uh, the way I'm seeing it is you know Adrian Peterson uh, years from now when he's doing his Hall of Fame speech uh, his boss gonna be sitting there watching the TV like hey man just make sure that you back on the first flight I need you here bright and early on Monday but anyway you know I rambled on um, long enough Uh thank y'all for listening. Continue to uh like, you know, and share it, cause that helps me. Right. Uh leave some comments. Uh send me a message, man. If you if you agree, disagree, send me a voicemail on um send me a voicemail on uh anchor and you know tell me How you feel? If you agree or disagree, my feelings won't get hurt. You know, just just let me know that you're engaged. Anyway, man, I appreciate y'all for listening. I holler back at y'all on Wednesday. Peace.